are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Today, we have the Gennaro brothers, Angelo and Frankie, who have a family startup business with two patented products that are clinically proven to overcome sickness the all-natural way, baby. <laughs> Those products are called Flubigon and the Immune Booster Express. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Are you guys psyched to be here? So excited. <laughs> it's like eight o'clock in the morning. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to get into y'all's story in just a minute. But Ty, dude, tell me what's going on, man. Best of Gainesville world. Yeah, I mean, all sorts of stuff. But uh, yesterday, we got the, our first look at those Jordan brand Gator jerseys, which was pretty cool. Did you see those? Yeah, I haven't seen, I've not seen them yet. Yeah, they're, they're pretty, pretty sick. They're pretty sick. Mullen was wearing some Jordan shoes yesterday at SEC Media Days. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it got me, got me hyped. We're under 50 days, so. <laughs> From now, by the time now. this airs, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be the weekend, probably. Yeah. This is going to air, like, September 3rd, I think. Okay, yeah, it'll be first weekend. Yeah, man, yeah, we got football cool. this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just transported into the future just Tell like that. It. I yeah. love it. So, well, excellent, man. It's super exciting. I love football season in Gainesville. Just the energy. It, the energy in Gainesville when football season is around just goes to a whole nother level. Yeah, I think all the local businesses I've been talking to over the last week are kind of getting, getting ready. So man. they can start to feel it. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Well, gentlemen, Angelo. Frankie, what's up? What is up, Colin? Colin, Colin. We've been waiting for this day for so long. Th- trying, thank you for the invite. This I've been is... nudging them like since the since we like started doing the the first couple episodes, saying, yeah. I want you guys on the podcast. Your energy is just so infectious. I love your energy and I need it at eight o'clock in the morning. So Colin gave us uh, several different dates and we chose the last date. <laughs> We're like, let's do the last He's like, one. This time, time period to this one. Well, well you guys are all yeah, over are. the place because I know you're right. traveling. You were Hold like, on. when I was hitting you up, you were in Vegas, which yeah. I want to get into That's a little right. bit. But um, so so our audience kind of knows like what you're all about, what the business is. You know, why don't one of you guys just explain, give it, give us the story, right? Hello, we, we always start with the origin story. Like, wh- like, why are you doing this? Like, where did this idea come from and, and all that? So ready, set, go. <laughs> well, it's a long story. It's a good thing we're on a long podcast here. <laughs> um, but to be honest, we never thought we would be doing what we're doing right now uh, with these products and and really even starting our own business. Kind of rewinding all the way back to the beginning of time. I'm gonna relate a lot of things we do to sports because I see it carry over into life and into business and into literally everything that we do. And that's from starting a young age, my brother and I both playing sports, literally every sport that we could play. Uh, I had the privilege of playing college football. He had the privilege of playing college football. I played at FIU down in Miami. And, uh, but to bring this to market was a struggle uh, to get it to the point where we are right now. Um, but just to let you know that <laughs> this what you see in, in this bottle, uh, it was something that we just took as a family years ago. I mean, this is when we were living on the mission field. Uh, over and I have a sister I was born in Costa Rica I was born in the the jungles of Peru uh, there with all the, my, my dad always says Franquito of Aquitos with mucha mosquitos <laughs> <laughs> so in all the in bug infested jungles uh, that area so we have five five siblings including uh, my brother and I uh, so uh, I'm the oldest big, I'll throw that out there yeah, yeah oldest yeah. of the five Big family. My senior year of high school, there was five teenagers in the house at the same time. I was 19, an old senior, and the youngest was 13. So you can imagine our parents, five teenagers yeah. at one point in the house. <laughs> yeah, so when really my parents just had this formula that they put together, they just chopped and diced up some ingredients. And I don't even know, I was so young. I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but every time we, Anybody in our family would get sick, whether it be a stuffed up nose or just feeling bad, we'd have to take it. Well, at that point, it was disgusting. Like, this was the worst thing ever, especially that no one in our family likes hot or spicy foods. Tell them about the ingredients, because the, people right, listening, yeah. they have no clue what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, well, tell us what's in All right, all right. What's inside of it is ginger, 
garlic, horseradish, pepper, onion, uh, echinacea, monolaurin, cinnamon, honey, all inside the liquid base being organic apple cider vinegar. That'll cure anything. Oh, yeah. They're going to knock it out. Knock anything out at all. But way back then, it, it wasn't that exact uh, combination of the ingredients. It was a whole lot of pepper and some garlic and some other stuff that who knows what it was. It was just awful. Like, I would even uh, tell my sisters, like, if we would, we would fake not being sick just so we couldn't take it, because uh, we're like, hey, man, I, I don't know about this, Dad. Um, <laughs> And so I, I would always choose the route of going and running and sweating it out if I would ever become sick, just not to take it. So that's how powerful it really was. Um, to start off with, we've changed, obviously, the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It, isn't, it isn't what it was yeah. uh, back then. Yeah, right now it tastes, tastes good. It tastes, yeah. I mean, you tell me. You tasted it, Colin. Yeah, it's uh, got a little of, the, like, I like it, though. It's got that little burn, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I like it, man. It's It's... I don't even really know how to describe it, to be honest with you. But 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 it's not it's not bad. It's not like, you know, when you um, take a, you know, I hate like, you know, you dread taking stuff like cough syrup. Like, right. I don't, like I don't dread taking it or anything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, but you but you feel it. And I definitely. And when uh, it works for you, you you're like, wow, this is a go-to product. Yeah you know? yeah yeah. So I remember you had one here in your office, and when you're people in here got sick they were taking different shots of it and you're videotaping the reaction and one guy was like oh it burns but it's so good I can feel it working already <laughs> yeah well we, you know like we've just went through like a really bad flu season right. yeah. I mean and uh, it seems like the team you know if one person in the family gets it or one person on the team gets it, it's like oh no I mean mm-hmm. we're sending people home saying stay yeah. away from everybody else and anytime you lose a team member because of the flu or something like that you know everybody else is picking up the you know the slack where that person normally is it's just like man like you f- you really really feel it so anytime somebody like complains about being the tiniest bit sick we're like here you go take this now <laughs> isn't so. it isn't it funny that the person that's sick is always the one giving high fives and hugs to everyone else <laughs> <laughs> it's like get, get them in that corner over there we don't want them in our space so when did like you know i mean this so this is a family yeah, family yeah, formula right, right? Family when, when are you formula. like all right like let's turn this baby into a business like right. let's go like when when did that happen well we we never thought of turning it into a business it was just something that we took uh we didn't you know we we we, cho- we decided to choose the the all natural route we see that over time your body builds up a resistance to antibiotics and um and you know and when that happens also all these you know harsh medications tend to destroy your immune system and when your immune system is weak you're basically opening the door for anything to happen you know any type of sickness or anything and then also i always saw People that take a lot of medication, you know, of course, there's always those side effects. Uh, and you gotta take another medication for that, and then that, and then that. That's why you see some of these old people with pills, like 50 pills a day for this, and this, and this, and this. So we knew that the all natural route was was the way to go, but we didn't think it would be a business. We just, we're, we're a healthy family. And of course, playing sports, you have to keep your body in top shape. So it really started, from, uh, I would say like 2004, 2003, 2004, um, whenever the, the uh, real estate market crashed, our family lived off of support. So we had all these supporters um, that, that gave us money and that's how we, we thrived. We really functioned as a family because my parents were missionaries overseas. And when people you know, pay for you know, what, what my family was doing and you have five kids to feed and then the market crashes, and a lot of the supporters were, you know, tied into the real estate market. Uh, we saw that the support giving was cut in half, mm. and we we were stuck. Like we were all young. I was maybe ten or, or so. Uh, so were, I, you guys, I, were you guys all overseas as well? Uh, yeah, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. All of, yeah, all yeah all I was born. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so we were all very very young, and during that time period, I remember my dad coming to us and just saying. Guys, you know, this is what's going on. We gotta, you know, cut back on food, cut back on entertainment, cut back on whatever uh, to, to make things work. Because we realized that there's phases of life. And it was just another phase that we had to, to overcome of not having a lot of money. And it was even to the point where my dad uh, decided to really humble himself and get another job um, and, and, you know, to put food on the table. And so I always admired uh, my dad doing that, bringing on another job as busy as he was 
he decided to be uh, one of the managers at Chick-fil-A. Um, as you know, you know Chick-fil-A, they run in you know, a tight, tight ship and they you know, do everything the right way, going the extra mile, they have morals and everything. Um, but once again, it's, you're getting paid hourly and you're trading your time for money, so it just takes a whole lot of time. I remember seeing him come home after my, you know, after school, after football practice, and he would always bring us home you know, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and the fry, cold fries and you know, whatever <laughs> it was. Uh, and I admired that about him. And during that time period was when I personally started to understand entrepreneurship and realize there's gotta be other ways to make money than just working a job. I was at the age, it was about middle school, where I couldn't even work a job if I wanted to. I wasn't old enough. I tried to go apply for Publix, I couldn't. I think you had to be 12 years old to, to be a bag boy or a paper boy, you know, whoever yeah, it was yeah, yeah. that put the, the shopping carts. Um, so I, I remember coming to my dad and, you know, when you're in school during that time period, it's all about how you look. You want the nice shoes, you, you want the swag going into school, especially <laughs> middle school. It's all about appearance. And, and my brother and I shared the same clothes. So, <laughs> so I was like, man, I want, I want some money. And I know my parents aren't just gonna, you know, they provide for us, but a lot of times they don't just give you money just to go do what you wanna do. Sure. So I wanna make money. And you know, I, I see people nowadays are like, oh, you know, it's bad to make money. I think it's, it's good to make money, especially if you, you know, work for it. The more money you make, the more people you can help. That's the way I saw it from a young age. Uh, it's like, hey, my friend wants swag too. What if I can give him a shirt and I can give me a shirt? Yeah, I just wanna make some money. So I remember talking to my dad saying, you know, asking him what should I do? Kind of referring to, dad, can I have some money? But what should I do to get to make some money? Hoping he'll just give me some, but you know, that wasn't <laughs> the case. Uh, he said, well, why don't you go out and work? And, and that's where I had to get creative. And I remember, like I said, this was middle school, probably sixth grade or so. Uh, I went door to door, and this, this was the game plan my father told me. He said, son, go door to door, ask the neighbors if they need anything done, whether it be their leaves raked, their cars washed, uh, their, their dogs washed, I remember I did that a couple of times, uh, <laughs> cleaning their windows, vacuuming, their carpet, you know, whatever it is, just let them know that you're a local you know, student down the road at such and such school, and they will give you work to do. But when they ask you how much you charge, don't tell them. Tell them, give me a task, after I have it completed, pay me what it's worth. So I was like, all right, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Very first time I did this, I got scammed. I, I went over to this guy's house. Guy was, I was, yeah, it, that. oh my gosh, it was, it was a nightmare. I was all excited about it because I didn't, you know, as I'm working. First of all, this guy had. First, first of all, to rewind that, the very first day I go to this this older gentleman's house, um, he was the first house I went to that day. He said yes, come the next day. So I didn't go to any other houses asking for work. I just went to him. He said tomorrow. I said all right, I'm done for the day. Let me go there tomorrow. So I meet him bright and early. He gives me all these chores to do. I had to cut his grass. I had to help paint his barn and just a ton of stuff. And this was sixth grade. And the first thing he asked me was, how much do I bench press? First, bright and early, how much do I bench press? And I'm like, a lot? <laughs> this was sixth grade, I don't know. Like, a lot. I could do some push-ups for you. Show, show, you know, show, me, show you how much I can lift. So he was, and so I felt like he was testing me of like, how strong are you for this work that I'm about to have you do today? So I remember going through the whole work. It, it took me literally from like six in the morning to the afternoon, about one or, or two in the afternoon. And, and I had a great attitude. I was just going through it, because in my mind, the whole time I was working, I was thinking, how much am I gonna get paid? I have no idea. Like hopefully what my dad told me is right. Hopefully this guy, feels bad and like understands like I'm grinding it out. Well, after it was all over, I go to him, he thanks me for everything. And he, so he hands me money, but he puts it in my hand like this. So I can't see what it was. And I didn't want to open my hand at that point. I wanted to you know, just go home and, and almost like it was a prize, like yeah, to see yeah. what it was. So I remember running home and then showing my mom, my fist, like I hadn't opened it up. So me and my mom, open up my hand together. You know how much it was? How much? I want you to guess. 
<laughs> I worked from like six in the morning to about two in the afternoon. Uh, ten bucks. Dude, five, five bucks. Dude, ten bucks. You're ten right. bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. <laughs> ten bucks. How much is that hour? I don't know. How, like, many, how many hours <laughs> did you do it, dude? Six to like two. <laughs> I was so pissed. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone. I thought my dad was like set me up. I thought my dad like told this guy not to pay me anything just to teach me hard work or something. I thought it was a punishment. I think it's dad. A life yeah, yeah. lesson. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a punishment and he, he had a deal going on with this guy. Like, I, I hated that neighbor. Like, every day after that, I would see him when I was, you know, taking a walk or whatever. I would just give him the evil eye. And he had the audacity to ask me if I wanted to come back the next day. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was It was bad. And then the next day you started Floopy God? I don't know. Where's this going? I'm like waiting for the moment. So, like, so this is, I'm telling well, you. I'm like, sitting on pins and needles right now. Like, how, what's about how, to happen? No, we'll go back to, so when we lived overseas, the real estate bubble burst. Our support given dropped 50%, and we lived off of donations. So at that point in uh, my, my dad's life, he had to really cry out to God. God, give me an idea to not only fund us living here, but also giving to overseas because he, we, we, we've been involved in charities our whole life. So he had, God spoke to him and said, why don't you patent what you've been taking all along, our formula that we've been making in the kitchen. So when we came back to the United States, he applied for the patent. The patent did not go through. So then we changed a few of the ingredients, changed it up a little bit, took two years for the patent to clear, the patent cleared. Now when you have a vision for something in your life, a lot of times it takes a long time for it to actually develop. So my dad had a vision of creating a business to not only help our family, not only have us, the sons, work it as a career, but also help people overseas. My parents, they've laid down their whole life uh, for other people and not enough businesses use their platform to really help impact other people. Some businesses will say, oh, we, we give you know, a couple percents here and there to charities, or maybe uh, they'll, mo most businesses, it, it's a tax write-off, and that's sad to say, and there's loopholes in it, but people give to charities because, hey, look, it's either give to the government or go feed people in Africa. You know, they rather give it to, our business was created to help people, not only physically, but also through our business financially. So we, from the very beginning, we donate 15% of all our profits to charity through Victory Missions. It's helping people overseas. And when we got the patent, my dad was in full-time ministry. He couldn't work the business. So we were very young and he always, dreamed that we would grow up and want to do what now we call it is flu be gone and fast forward several years we came back to the united states i went to college frankie went to college oh I'm not supposed to hit the thing sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i slammed my my fist on the table um so i went to college frankie went to college and then we lived in miami i got involved in real estate frankie got involved in uh a, a di some different business ventures and we knew that my dad always wanted us to do this, but we, we put it off because we're like, how do we start a business? How, how do we even do this? We had the, the vision, we had the product, but we were young, you know? So when we relocated here to Gainesville, about a year and a half, well now it's going on two years now, I gave up what I was doing in real estate to go full time in this. So Frankie did also. We dropped what we were doing. We, we bought into the greater purpose, what we can really accomplish with this product. And within the last two years, we've accomplished so much, thanks, thanks to God and, and people like yourself, Colin, just being, our, being mentors along the way. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of things that we've executed very good now is because we've learned the process along the way. And when we moved here to Gainesville, uh, University of Florida, 
Uh, we had a couple open doors for the immunology department to do clinical studies. We always knew that our product had, each of the individual ingredients had clinical studies. So we knew the medical benefits it had for your body, but we didn't have it as a whole clinical studies. So University of Florida did a seven month clinical studies on our products, and not only does it show it helps combat the flu, fight against the flu or any type of sicknesses, but it also boosts your immune system over 40%. So once we got that, then like the floodgates opened up. We had doctor's endorsements. We started getting uh, into stores. And our vision for our, our, our company is not, it's not just for our well-being of, of, of uh, you know, making money. Obviously, that's, that's a big part of business. Um, I'm a very business guy. I, I very savvy when it comes to uh, working business like I, like I did down south in, in, in real estate. But we also want to give our product to the ones in need overseas that can't afford medicine, can't afford health care, that when they get the flu, people are dying. The Centers of Disease Control last year released a statement that 650,000 people died because of the flu worldwide. And we know that with a product like ours, that we are literally going to be saving people's lives by putting it into maybe villages in, in Africa or South America and, and really make a, a huge difference and, and a standard for, for businesses that, you know, th you can use your platform in business to impact others and also live very comfortably. You can do both. But I think a lot of times people, it's, it's, it's a greed thing. 15% uh, to some people, it's like, oh, wow, you're giving away 15%. We look at it this way. Okay, we have the other 85%. What's 15%? We're, we're, we're doing this to save people's lives and for a greater purpose. Yeah, it's giving and you a ton more purpose exactly. in your work, a ton more. Mm -hmm. So, Frankie, with that, with that story that you were telling a little bit ago, like, was that the mo was was that when you just realized that you had what it took to like really the hard get, get through all yeah, of so the, the you know the garbage that comes with that kind of you know I mean because you're, I mean you're gonna get burned you're gonna pro you're probably gonna get burned again I've been burned several times I mean that that happens right so I mean is it just like was that where you're like man I have the perseverance to like really you know was that one of that er those early lessons for you I guess like where where was that connection it w it was at that time where I realized. Well, we have to do something to help. We have to contribute to the family. Like we can't just keep being consumers of, of the cereal and the cupboard, you know, and, and taking, you know, from, we gotta contribute. I, I mean, I remember uh, like in history classes, reading, or even people that I knew, you know, people living out in the country, they, can, they get the chickens and they have all the stuff. Um, they contribute to the family. So I felt like I had, had to contribute. contribute some way, shape or form. And everybody thought the same thing. And if my dad is working two jobs and, and this and that, like what are we going to do as, as his children? And, uh, and so anyway, so I was at that point where when I asked my dad, like what, what can I do? Fast forward, I ended up going to neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood and collecting jobs. Like I was making great money and j literally just hustling. And I realized I'm making more money going, you know, in a shorter period of time than people are making in a week working at, my friends working at Publix or working at uh, some of these, you know, hourly paid jobs. Like I would go and wash cars, charge $10, I started charging like $10 a car, but then I'll get done with a car in like 15 minutes and go on to the next car. And I'll wash, you know, five cars in an hour, it's getting paid $50 an hour. Yeah. And in my mind, I thought, dude, like I'm on to something be able to help the family so out. you always had the like, I mean from an early age, you just had those entrepreneurial tendencies. That's oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but it, it got even further because it came a point in time where I'd go from neighbor to neighbor and I had, uh, I had a lot of people that, want, that had jobs that needed to be filled. So then I started thinking to myself, well what if I grew a team? Like what if I just started my own business? Who, who says I can't at you know, whatever, 12 years old, 13 years old? So I remember going on my school bus standing up and asking, hey, who needs a job? Frankie's, uh, I came up with some name, like Frankie's Lawn Care Service is hiring. They're like, ah, oh, Frankie, you don't have it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Come to my house Saturday morning at this time and I'll, I'll hook you up. So anyway, long story short, I would have some of my classmates 
come to my house and then I would send them out. Hey, this house needs their leaves raked. Hey, this house needs this, this, this. And then I would take, you know, the, the, so the neighbors would pay me directly and then I would pay them on Monday. <laughs> and I was making money. And I realized, hey, I'm leveraging my time because it's not just about my time. It's if I got five people doing exactly what I'm doing and I'm making money off of them, it's a win-win scenario. They didn't have the job in the first place. They are still making more money than working at, at a sure. you know, hourly paid job. So they're, And then they're looking at me as like, thank you for hooking me up. So it's a win-win scenario. And I understood you know, that concept at a young age. Ty, you know one of the things that, that actually I just wanna go ahead and get right into this because I mean, that, that kind of drive, I mean, recognizing that drive early and making those kind of moves at a young age has definitely led to where you're at now, right? Because mm -hmm. I see it, because I follow your Instagram account and mm -hmm. I follow your Snapchat account. And this guy, like, I mean, he got back late last night to come here for this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you were driving, I mean, you're door to, I mean, door to door, right? Like, you're driving all over. You were in North Carolina, Georgia, where were you? Yeah, yeah, I was in, well, the plan was to go to Jacksonville. Okay, <laughs> just kept going. It's supposed trip. to be a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not this trip. Eight the days last, later. the last trip I took was the plan was just Jacksonville. I went to Jacksonville, and I kind of swung all the way. I was like, hey, let me just, let me just go into Georgia, and I kept, and I just swung all the way up to Savannah, all the way over to Athens, all the way to Atlanta, and made a huge circle. So then this trip, I already had some accounts, I already had some stores that I visited, and and so I, I did it again, made the same route, and then I thought. Yeah, you know, let me let me go to the Carolinas. Why not? So let's it's, talk about that a little bit because I mean I know that you were sleeping in your car. I don't know if you did on this trip, but I know you've had trips where you're like sleeping in your car, and then waking up, going to the gym, using like the gym shower, you know, gym showers, and then going to the next, you know, like I don't think a lot of people realize that sometimes that's exactly what it takes. That bootstrap mentality, that like that focus of. Like I'm gonna hustle, do the door to door thing. So I mean, we got into it ye yesterday, or like when I should say the previous episode, <laughs> because we recorded the previous episode yesterday. Um, but again, like that door to door, so many people are afraid of that no, right? They're so afraid of the no. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you just like walk us through that process a little bit, like going door to door to door? What's that like? How what what the challenges getting this in some of the places that you're visiting, and and just that. That hustle, because I think that's just super motivating. That's, I wore the hustle shirt today. I like because it because of Frankie. Because <laughs> he's got he's got the hustle, man. He just if will... you could expand on where what door to door it is, like what yeah, yeah, what like businesses what have been mm -hmm. like the most receptive versus the ones you guys are really trying to get into, um, but have been a little bit more difficult. Okay, yeah. Well, just just to backtrack before we got into any stores, let me tell you how how we first got into one, because really all it takes is one. Once you once you do one thing right, you, you build confidence. And then you're confident enough, you believe in yourself. to, go. And, and like what you were saying, people get the no, 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 they fail, fail, fail. And you come to a crossroads, either you're gonna quit or you're gonna keep pressing forward. So I look at every scenario as there's an easy route and there's a hard route. Well, you don't wanna go down the easy route. If it's easy, you don't wanna do it. It's not gonna last or you're not gonna learn from it. So we've learned through through this process that there's, there's a ton of things we don't know. And then we don't know what we don't know. And so it's, it's just the trial and error. It's number one, surround yourself with other people like yourself to learn from them. But then there's, there's things that you just, you gotta get out on the playing field and, and figure it out. It's like, I can be playing football to relate to, if the coach is coming up with new plays, new schemes, new uh, you know, game plan for the upcoming week, you can learn all you want on a whiteboard, but it's not gonna carry over until you go on the field, you walk it through. You're not gonna get it right the first time. You gotta go over and over and over. You gotta rep it out before you even get good at it. So in college, um, cause I know we're like all over this place with the story, but in college, when I was playing football there at FIU, we were still in the patent pending process. We couldn't really do anything until we had the patent on it. You don't want to bring Selena Martin, you know, people try to rip you off and copy you and everything. So once you have the patent, it's, it's kind of like that seal, like our, our, our safety net, we're ready to go. And that's where I had to make the biggest decision of my life of, do I stop playing football? Do I stop going to school to pursue something that's uncertain? 
who knows like what the I, we don't have experience we don't have money we don't have anything all we have is drive all we have is the work ethic that we've we're, we've developed through playing sports you see whenever i step on the playing field my number one goal embarrass the competition and win like do whatever you got to do to win but at the same time i embrace the fact that i'm usually the underdog I mean, that happened all the time when I ran track in high school. You know, a, a white boy in the first heat. People think, this is, this is a mistake. He can't be that fast. Embrace the fact that, you know, hey, let me not, I don't need to say anything. Let my results do all the talking. So it's just that, that work ethic that was instilled into us at such a young age, playing sports, was now at that, that pivotal point of my life. And um, this was when, I was at FIU for one year, all right? Just switched positions. I was playing receiver, then I switched uh, to corner, so from offense to defense. So I was learning a new position, and I felt great about it, but it was in the spring, uh, you know, leading into the, the summertime, which that's when the real training starts going into the next season. And I made the decision, and the decision was to drop it and take all my energy, all my focus, all my ambition, literally everything I had and like poker, put put my chips in. Go all in. Go all in. But making that sacrifice. See, I feel like people our age, young, young entrepreneurs, they try to hold on to things. They're like, I kinda still wanna party or I kinda wanna be with my friends or, yeah, I got time, but I'll put some time to this, some to this. It doesn't work that way. If, If I'm driving an airplane, the only way for it to get off the ground is what? Full speed. Now, once you're off the ground, I'm not saying you, you, you kick it back all the way, but you, you can you can breathe. You know, you're at the top, you, you're gliding, and it takes time. It takes time, patience, yeah. and, and time to go 100 miles an hour, nonstop, and don't stop until you start seeing success. People fall short so fast, and right before the breakthrough, because the hardest time is right before you're about to experience another level of success it's 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 the hardest threshold to pass through and men, many people quit and they try something else and they try something else and they try something else right rather than giving it year after year after year at that same thing and perfecting that in that that one job that one career that one trait and and being the best in it so we've developed characteristics to really not only motivate and push each other, but also to um, be that example to other people that's showing that our generation, you know, it is hard work. Millennials are very hard workers. It's just, there's so many distractions. And distractions mm-hmm. is where your time can slip away at times. Well, can you tell me how many no's it took before you got the yes? Oh man, well, I, I, part of the no process is we know we're doing it's like if I'm doing a pitch on our product, hey, I know the product, but there's a, there's, a, there's a difference between knowing what you're talking about and articulating it the right way. Right. You know, so we didn't know what we were talking about. I'm talking about no after no, but not just no's before getting into stores. It was no's as, as in the labeling, you're talking about just so many things that come into the business. Even, like I said, getting in the clinical studies, just building the infrastructure of the business. Yeah, that foundation. That, that foundation, mm-hmm. the trademarks, all, everything. But you know, to, to go back to sports, you know, both of us play college football. For all the other athletes that are listening, when you're in two-a-days, it, it can be brutal, both uh, physically and mentally. But when you're trained to overcome the pain, you, you don't have a choice. Like, I remember at FIU, we had this one lift um, called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre lift. It was like at midnight. We had to come in, it was around Valentine's Day, and the whole lift, the theme of it was to k- kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, like, they had trash cans around the gym for you to throw up, because you're expected to throw up. Yeah. And, and, and like even outlines of people on the ground saying like, you're gonna lay there, because you're gonna pass out, <laughs> you're not gonna make it. And the whole idea was to, to build that mental toughness. And so, and I, I feel like with work ethic, with the mental toughness, with discipline, you can do anything if you just put your mind to it. There's people that are more qualified than we are, people that are smarter than we are, people that have the, the, the degrees, they have the education, 
They have the connections. They have the resources. But in my opinion, with a drive, with with you know gasoline, uh, you know, with fire on the gasoline, like you can't stop us. That's my mentality. Like I'm gonna do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to persevere and figure it out and beat you. So do you guys have very defined roles? Like Angelo, like, are you driving around all over the country no, as well? No, or no like, we, yeah, yeah. We, 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 he does we really, we, it mixes, it mixes. Like there's right. a lot of projects we both work on at the same time. He's more so, and, and it goes back to our personality traits, right? So he's more so the, the fine print, the back end, the financials, the scheduling, you know, the manufacturing, how this is gonna work. I'm more so, hey, sales, hey, let me get this product in front of you. Let me, like, let's drive, <laughs> let's drive sales up the wall. I really like working on projects. I'm a, I'm a big project guy. I like spending a small amount of time planning and then going 100 miles an hour to execute until it, 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 I'm done with it. Like that Las Vegas trip, that booth took some time to put together but it's just the satisfaction of after the expo, we're like, wow, that was really good. Like, I impressed myself putting that together. Is, and and it, it, was, it was amazing. It was, was going amazing. all the way out there, like, worth it? I mean, in your opinion, like, meeting, it, I mean, it's a huge place, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> huge convention center. Yeah. You're, you're there as one of the vendors, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, it's, it's pretty expensive. Like, it was very expensive, very expensive. So we, when we went out, when we went the first year, uh, we made some really great connections. And going back the second year, uh, we wanted to further our progress. As you see our bottles right here, we had one of the original bottles. Like looking back at it, we're like, no wonder no one was excited about it. <laughs> I don't even think we had nutrition facts uh, on the back. Which, like, which one was I for think people it was the third about. one right there. Look, no, no nutrition facts. It literally just says, what is flu beyond suggested use? <laughs> like, there you go. It's su super sketch. If you want to see it, go check it out on the video podcast. And you guys went to the licensing expo. The licensing right? expo. So, so we, we stood out. Yeah. Because I was going to ask, I was in Las Vegas for a couple of years. Okay. Um, I ran a lot of golf tournaments with go. people going to conventions. I still go to the some of the PGA conventions and some crypto uh, currency conventions. But uh, why the licensing expo? That was kind of one of my notes. Was mm -hmm. there's so many different ones to choose from, especially with what you guys are involved with. Why did you guys choose that? We one? wanted to stand out. Okay. As you know, the licensing expo is every brand under the sun yep. from small guys to Fox, to NBC, to ESPN, to PlayStation. Every big time brand was there. So we had a lot of people come up to us and they're like, why are you here? What are you doing here? Yeah. And it was a great open door. It was a very uh, great environment to talk to people. And we think that is where Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, we received a call from his office. Um, he wants to feature us on his, one of his companies is as seen on TV. He wants to feature our product on there and, and, and work more with us. We think that one of his reps was walking around and, and saw us there. So it was great exposure yeah. on a national world platform. We have different opportunities to go international, down to South America, to Australia, to New Zealand. Yeah, we're talking to a, a guy right now. Um, he, he, I mean, he wants to take it and he's qualified. He, he's qualified to do this throughout all of Europe and Asia. So, I mean, after that expo, I remember looking at Angelo and saying, Dude, how, do, how do we do this? Like, what do we do? How, how, <laughs> international? We're not even established here yet, you know? Yeah. And that just comes a point where like, all right, we'll, we'll figure it out. If opportunity is there, we're going to do whatever it takes to learn it. We're here, I mean, I remember when I first got this camera uh, that, that Chris is using, I'm like, I don't know how to work this camera. It's the best camera on the market. I need it, you know, to help with our marketing. I'm just gonna, uh, YouTube, 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 YouTube. Sure. Just, just learn and, and figure it out. Um, but yeah, so like at the Licensing Expo, so we this was our second time there. The first time we went was last year. That was the showcase of our brand. That was the first expo we had. Did you guys have at, a booth at both expos? We did, we, we did. So, so the first time, to be honest, we're like, 
license yeah let's go yeah let's, just, let's we do didn't it. know what we're it's, getting it's into. The, yeah no idea we're like go big or go home this is the biggest in the world let's do it yeah it's like, it's like if you're skiing oh forget the bunny hills let's go for mount you know black mountain whatever so we did it last year we made some good connections and everything and then this year once again we even saw some of the same people that came to our booth and, and the doors are open there's so many people that aren't even in our niche at all wanting to get involved influencers celebrities you know just all all types of people um and, and even to this point it, it it builds your confidence that much more like dude we're on the right track like we're, we're up to something here yeah so we're not have it all figured out but we're up to something yeah so i mean where do you guys see the where do you guys see the brand the company 10 years from now what's it look like household name yeah everybody will have a bottle flubigon in their cabinet so when they wake up in the morning, if you've got any type of sore throat, flu, you take it. When you see the benefits of it happening, like at that instant within 24 hours, you'll always have a bottle in your cabinet. And that's what we're looking for to in the future that everybody will have a, just like you have ketchup in your refrigerator or you have um, spaghetti in your cabinet. Spaghetti because we're Italians, yes, spaghetti and, and, no, and <laughs> spaghetti. spaghetti. But a, a household name, household name. And we see that because look at all the other products on the market. Like, and I'm not one to, I don't have to bash another brand or talk bad about it to try to promote ours or put it All I have to do is say, hey, look, this is what we have. But also look what the other options are currently on the market. I mean, just this past year, as you know it, the flu shot was super ineffective. It, it was, I mean, people, I mean, you know, people, the facts of the fact, people were dying after taking the flu shot. Less than people, 15% effective. People were still Dang. getting the flu. Um, you look at some of the products on the market, uh, you, you, like I said, you build up that resistance over time to a lot of these antibiotics, especially kids taking these harsh, you know, very, very strong prescriptions. They have weak immune system. I mean, you go to Africa right now, you have kids running around with no shoes on, have stronger immune systems than some of the kids here in the United States. Like how is that? It's because they take you know natural stuff. Now they might get sick because of the water, you know, different things, different variables. But if you look at the actual immune system, you, you, I think this year is is the year where people are a lot more health conscious. I mean, look at people going green, all the organic products right now. No, for sure. You look at it, it, it's a shift in our culture. People are looking to become healthy, and they're looking for all natural ways to overcome sickness. And that's where our product comes into play. So to answer your question, in the next 10 years, we look at this being, yeah, household name there and you know, all the big box retailers and, and people's cupboards across the world. Are you using your social media influence to, to really build your brand? I mean, I, like, I don't even know if you look at yourself as, as an influencer. In a way. I mean, but this guy has 21,000 followers on, on Instagram, right? And you're always so motivational when you're on your like Instagram or your Snapchat. I mean, I know it's a lot of like workout base and maybe it's more for your like a personal brand versus like Flubigon, but I see both, right? I see I see you like showing the hustle, the 2 a.m., like working on Flubigon, like all of it. Um, how much of an effect has social media been on helping you build your brand? I mean, as you know it, the millennials, the younger generation, everything is social media, right? It, it's funny, because I was talking to some, some older, and we'll get back to the whole stores thing, so I, I have some good stories about that. But some of these like older store owners, they don't use social media at all. And, and I look and I see their store, and I'm like, I, I can tell. Like By walking in, I know if they use social media or not. Isn't that crazy? Based off, of, <laughs> based off of the vibe I get of the store, what's in the store, the size, the location of the store, the traffic, because sometimes I'm in the store for you know a good amount of time. I kind of grasp you know what, what and even asking them. Uh, one of the store owners, I sat down and I gave him a t tutorial <laughs> on Facebook. Like he had no fa he had a Facebook page with no timeline photo, and, and his kind of what what you do, Colin. I remember I, I saw your yeah. Facebook Live of of giving the tutorial of social media, and then all these people get on Facebook Live. <laughs> they had never been on it before. Yeah, it's cool. So it's cool. It's cool looking at, at that generation and, yeah. and and teaching them, showing them like what it's all about. But yeah, on my personal uh, Instagram, you know, I, I do it for the lifestyle, showing like what it really takes. Because I mean, right now people think people are looking for the quick, 
fast cash, easy road to success. I mean, all throughout social media, yo, buy my course. You know, I was in my basement last year, 12 months later, I'm making a million dollars. You could, if I do it, you could do it too. It's like, it doesn't work that way. And you're living, you're living it. And what's so great is that the whole other half of your Instagram, I mean, yes, you have the Flubigon stuff, and then it's you in the gym, it's you. Like, you could jump, I, I know you can touch that ceiling up there, because I've seen these videos of him jumping like 16 feet in the air, or something crazy, <laughs> like crazy vertical leap yeah. and stuff. Um, but I mean, it's, but it's one, but it goes in hand in hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, health, yeah. health, this is healthy, That you know, mm-hmm. it's health and health. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. So mm-hmm. And the product itself, I mean, when you take apple cider vinegar, a lot of people in the fitness industry uh, take that, they take these ingredients, it's providing your body with that, ongoing optimal health uh, from the benefits of the product. Um, but then the reason why I put a lot of these, because people come to me all the time in the gym, like, first of all, what are you training for? Number two, why are you doing that? Number three, like, who are you? You know, because I like doing things that nobody else is doing. And that that mindset carries over into business. It's like, you, why try to fit in when you're born to stand out? You can't fit in in business. You have to stand out. If you don't stand out, you're gonna get crushed. I mean, think about your scooter shop. Like, you're doing a lot of things right now that other scooter shops aren't doing, like, at all. And I respect that. And you have to be creative, you have to be innovative, and constantly adapting, you know, figuring out, okay, how can we get better? How can we improve? How can we improve? And that's what I do with fitness. I master one thing, I'm like, what else can I do? Okay, what can I do with that? It started with just like a simple, you know, clap push-up. Members having a little contest with my brother. Hey, can you, how many push-ups can you do? Well, how many clap push-ups can you do? Okay, how many, can you double clap push-up? How about yeah. a triple clap? Yeah, and then behind the back. <laughs> let's go behind the back. Let's, let's add a flip in there. Are you guys okay, super competitive with each oh, other yeah. all the time? Everything. Anything you can think of, it's, it's competitive. It doesn't matter if we got a little thing with our dad where whenever we go to a restaurant, we all go to the bathroom at the same time. And <laughs> like a bunch of girls, we all go to the bathroom at the same time to wash our hands and stuff, right? So we wash our hands and we always have a little competition in the bathroom. Who can throw their paper towel into the trash can first? <laughs> and so oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. We're, we're a very competitive family. And, yeah. and people that are walking into the bathroom, we get them in on it too. We're like, oh, oh, here, hey, take a shot. Or just chest pass them a little paper towel. A couple times people walk in midair, they just get hit by a <laughs> paper towel. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, getting back to like some of the stuff when you're on the road, I just I want to know what's the craziest thing that's ever happened when you're on the road. Okay, yes, yeah, crazy stuff. Okay, so before I say that, let me talk about the first store that we got, very first one. Oh yeah. Because, like I say, if you could do it one time, you can always do it. It's it's like, it, it's like a limit, and kind of relate to fitness one more time. I'm gonna keep on relating it because that's just how how I am, and that's just how it is. It's, it's, it's good, the mentality. Dude. Do thing. A, a, a limit is something that you know you, you can't get to at first, but it's, you're not gonna you're not stuck there. You can always push past it. It's hard. It's really hard. But once you push past it, then it's like okay, what's what's next? Like, and that's why I'm addicted to improvements. That's 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 the name of the game. And people are coming to me like, oh, don't, your feet are so fast, your, your footwork, and then I'm like, yeah, I want a bit. I want to get better. I want to keep for what for me like for improvement or for an opportunity like the Titan games that, that you saw that video. It's like, what? Well, tell tell everybody real quickly about that. Okay, yeah. Cause, so, Because I mean, you, is, this was just an application process? So, yes, 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 yeah. Kind All right, of, but just, was, well, I wanna you, continue on your story. I don't wanna like transition to to the Titan stuff, but what he's referring to is that he is trying, your, the, is it NBC show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's called the Titan games? Mm-hmm. Same, same producers of American Ninja Warrior. I applied for American Ninja Warrior, was two weeks past the deadline. So they reached out, actually I appealed it, which who does that? I literally sent in, <laughs> sent, listen to me. I sent an email, it was like lengthy. And I said, yo, I know I missed the deadline, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, can you consider me in case somebody is sick on the show and they can't make it? Can I be on the waiting list Is there, you know, as a replacement, a backup, you know, whatever. I just went through this whole thing. So they reached out to me and they said that they're starting a new TV show called The Titan Games. And the host of it is The Rock, which is pretty sweet. And and that's how I heard about, I would have never heard about the show if I didn't send in an appeal email. Yeah. You know, that just shows the you know, perseverance. 
So I applied for it, sent a video, it's actually on YouTube, just type in the Titan Games Frankie, be there at the top, I'm, I'm, I'm dabbing on the, <laughs> the opening photo. My bad, I knocked the mic here. <laughs> um, so have you gotten a call back? So yeah, I, I actually, yeah. I received a call back from them and they said, while I was making the video, I, I thought the same thing is how you have to stand out. I'm like, look, they're gonna get tons of applicants. Literally anyone who picks up a dumbbell is gonna try to apply for this show just because of The Rock, just because of you know, what the show is. And is, the show is athlete versus athlete in different challenges, competing like on the, the big stage. So I made my video, talked about the family, talked about business, talked about the mindset. But even the opening scene is, is energetic and I knew they wanted somebody for TV. Like you gotta have a personality, you have to, you, you gotta be entertaining. And, and so I kind of merged that with athletics and everything. So when he called me back, he said, look, that's, that's what stood out to us. He says, we have five meetings and every single meeting, uh, all the managers of the agency, they have their top picks and then we eliminate people you know, ongoing. So the call back that I received was, we're going into our final meeting. This was the guy that's been pitching my profile every single time that they've had this, uh, you know, this meeting to drop the people they don't want. And he says, look, I'm gonna pitch your profile again because I really like it. He says, we've received more applicants than almost any other show in NBC history for this show. Uh, and you know, it's the first season ever, so it's crazy because they have no like publicity yet. Um, and so he's like, he just kind of congratulated me on making it that far. So I don't know, I'm still waiting to hear back from them on the final results, but. But we'll cool, see. you got your application yeah, in. Yeah. All right, so back to the other story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to bring context to everybody gotcha. who's gonna be like, what's the yeah. Titan Games? Because yeah, yeah. if you just say that, people will be like, what are you talking about? Like Titan what? <laughs> so, so with the stores, that's what you're asking? Yeah. Okay, so. Because you were telling us like what it took to get into that first store. The first, like, very, very. What did it take? <laughs> very first store was actually right here in Gainesville, Florida. It okay. was Sunflower Health Foods. Right down the road off of University, I believe, across from Plato's Closet and PDQ. PDQ. Yeah. Newberry. Becomes Newberry. Newberry. Exactly. So I remember going in there, talking to the owner, and well, I tried to, well, it was kind of weird setting up the meeting with them. Went in a couple times, was trying to schedule it. Then one day I just kind of walked in. I was actually with my dad, because I didn't really know how to pitch it. He didn't really know how to pitch it. This was our very first store. So we go in there and we just brought a bunch of bottles, sat there with her, and she took a chance. Like she, she said, oh, you know what? I think it was the bottle without even the label. Like it was just the, just nothing. So we, once we got this new label with the actual nutrition facts on it, uh, we supplied them uh, with the product. And from that point on, I was like, man, we can get in every store across the nation. Like this, let's go. I was excited about it, but you know, the next store that I went to, I said no, the next story, you know, no, 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 no. Then I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm just explaining it wrong. Maybe, maybe it's me, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what it is. So it's, it's literally just the no, 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 no. So then I stopped going into stores for a while, focused on online, because we had you know, a good amount of online sales and everything. And then um, somebody that's been mentoring me in, in business, um, he is very successful in different businesses here in Gainesville, and he sat down with me one day and I was asking him these questions like, hey, why am I getting these no's? What, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna give up or anything. I just wanna know, maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. And I don't, in my opinion, I don't wanna burn the contacts because if they say no, then it's kinda like a, in my mind, I thought it's a bad impression of them, my face, the brand and everything. Hmm. Let me wait till I get this right. So then he's like, well, what are you waiting for? You, you don't wait, you go, you're gonna learn. You just go. And he says, right now, and, and I agree to this, and you, I'm sure you can agree as well, right now, there's so many products on the market. Everybody comes up with their potion, their juice, this and that. But what do they do? How, what's their process of getting into stores? Calls, emails. Calls, emails, calls, emails. As I'm talking to these store owners, I realize these guys get hundreds of emails a day. They don't even open them. Right. And something else I realized is if I'm calling a store owner trying to talk to them about my product, isn't that? They yeah. can hang up. Like they can literally just hang up on you or give you the runaround 
and not get you in touch with the buyer or the owner. So that face-to-face just gave you the opportunity to really- Oh yeah, like you can ignore somebody on a call. You can't ignore somebody with a smile and a handshake. They're in person. And so that that's something that I realized. So going into every single store, it's crazy how much I've adapted the pitch. I've adapted what I've done. Usually when I went into stores, it was just, let me go in, figure out who to talk to, and let me sell them. <laughs> like they're getting the product. But it didn't work that way. I realized there's a lot more that goes into getting a product on the shelf. And a lot of it's psychology, to, to be honest. And I didn't read it, I didn't take psychology courses or anything. I just figured out the, what I'm talking about. And once I know what I'm talking about, I'm able to read the body language of the person who I'm speaking with and then adapt my communication based off of their reaction. Cool. And that, that, that goes so far because usually if you have a product, you list all, you throw facts at them. Like there's so many facts that we have about the product. Oh, it helps with this. Oh, it does that. Oh, we have clinical studies. Oh, we have doctor endorsements. Oh, this, this, this. Instead of asking the store what they need or what they're looking for. Like something I might ask is, hey, I'm just, you know, came in here just curious and what are you guys doing right now in, in preparation for the upcoming flu season? You know, that forces them to say, oh, well, we, either either we haven't thought about it yet or we're doing this. Because I already know the answer. That's the thing. Either they're not doing anything or what they did last year didn't work. Because every health food store sold out of, of immune boosting products, of elderberry and all this stuff. And and so that like those type of things is what I, I realized going in, just like how to change the conversation and how to, get them to buy into the vision and what we have. You know, with pro- it starts with a good product. Your product has to work. And then it goes into them buying you and your confidence. As I walk into the store, not in a cocky way, but I walk in with a presence. Right. Like I run the store. This is my store. You're in my store. You know what I mean? And so as I walk in, my number one goal is to make friends with all the workers. That, that's a key, and that's something that I don't know, well really, I don't know a lot of sales reps myself. Like I, I focus on myself, you know, what I do, what, instead of trying to you know, learn from old school methods, and that's calls and, and emails. And just my own personal experience is going in, talking with the people, getting to know their name, and then getting them to introduce you to the owner or the buyer. It's the difference between me walking up, oh, oh you're the owner, oh hey, I have this. Your first thought is, who are you? What is flu? I don't, I don't know you. It, it's a shock. And what happens when people are shocked? They put up a wall. Right. And, and they, they put up their guard. Like, I don't, I don't want what you have. You got to like figure out ways to get your foot in the, like, and really create that opportunity to build a real relationship. I mean, it's, you know, it sounds, you know, it sounds like there's like all these like little little processes, and you're right, because I mean, you think about cold emails, cold calls, like over the phone, whatever. I mean, it's just you're not going to be able to build a relationship that mm-hmm. way. So it's, you know, it's really <laughs> for as complicated as it sounds, it's really not. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's really really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to start wrapping up in a minute, but did you have any last minute any questions, Ty? Before? Yeah. Because I've been on the other side of the retail stuff with salesmen coming in to see me, and yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the best ones can walk that line where they know you're busy, but they're willing to wait, talk to the crew around you, and and you know, buy their time to get their opportunity. And then it's not a hard sell. Maybe it's a, you know, like you said, what are you doing for the flu season? Um, the one thing I wanted to ask, just the difference between the ecom stuff and the retail stuff. Um, you know, who who is the who's been the market for this? Because with the influencers on Instagram, with local people, you know, like Colin and I, you know, you've got different ways you can kind of move the needle here. Um, What's been the best thing so far as far as something that maybe surprised you, you've gotten a lot of sales out of something like this versus maybe something that you've spun your wheels on for uh, longer than you thought you would? Well, it comes down to capital. I mean, if you're paying influencers, it really adds anything comes down to capital. And right now, starting a business, our number one, uh, or what we talked about day one was, hey, we're not gonna go into debt. Starting, We're not gonna take out loans, we're not gonna have investors. So everything has been self-funded. And that's where the sacrifice comes. 
So all the money we make from sales, it kind of just rolls right back into manufacturing. Then manufacturing get a little, so a lot of it has been manufacturing. We've done some marketing online, not as much, we want to do a whole lot more. Yeah. It's just it's just the capital. Like when, when people get, you know, start their business, sometimes they get investors, they have a ton of money. I think, in my mind, they don't develop the necessary skills and, and just like the character to, to withstand all, all that, you know? Is there anything that you've been able to leverage though in order to like really, like has one thing like, just like really worked over everything else in terms of getting your product sold? That face and face um, yeah. interaction just, just face going and, in. Face and word face. of mouth, word face. of mouth, most definitely. Okay. I mean, we're, we're making these bottles by hand. So even though we're going 100 miles an hour, full throttle, we're also holding back on approaching larger corporate chains like Whole Foods and and and, and, and larger chains because one order could wipe out our inventory. Yeah. And we don't want to not fulfill the order. So even though we're growing fast, we're growing at the rate of we what we can handle. I mean, we're staying up all night chopping up these ingredients and, and putting on labels. I mean, we're, we're doing this, the, the grind, yeah. you know, grinding it out. And for us, we, we know that it's gonna take time. It's gonna take time to really build what we're trying to build. And we haven't approached the influencers like you're, you're mentioning because, you know, they, they, they could do a post. We could pay somebody, you know, a couple hundred dollars to make a post, but what if we get 10,000 orders? <laughs> what are you we going to do? Exactly. Are exactly. you guys preparing on the back exactly. end it, as far as having manufacturing or yes. ordering ready to go That's for right. when, mm-hmm. when it's ready? These last seven months, we've been working with a manufacturing company in D-Land, Florida called Flavorworks. And we are working towards that on uh, mass producing awesome. uh, tens of thousands of bottles. Yeah, because I, I mean, that's the next step, right? Yeah, I think that's all what we watch on Shark Tank. It's a lot of businesses, they've got everything figured out. It's like, hey, I can't fulfill these mm-hmm. orders. It's why I haven't tried to expand Such a good yet. problem to have. It's a great problem, <laughs> but it's, it's, it can be a failure, I have an order you know? for. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. 10,000 bottles that yeah, needs to be delivered yeah. in three days. And <laughs> that's a lot of chopping. <laughs> but then hey, when that happens, dude, also, you just call me. I'll be, oh, I'll, yeah, well, I'll be there. Chop, I'll chop stuff with you. <laughs> I think that's what happens when you get in those moments. You start like calling your your friends. I mean, I know that we've done it here. It's been like, man, we gotta like get all these scooters assembled. Hey, who wants to come help me assemble yeah. some scooters? Because we got wow. them all sold tomorrow. And those are the moments you remember. Yeah, like, years. That's how I document everything. It's like years from now, what are the times you're gonna remember? The grind. Like yeah. what I did. Well, we're listening to podcasts, jamming out to music, putting shrink wraps on, you know, put, or my bad for hitting the table, <laughs> putting labels on by, like, it, it is a yeah. super time consuming, but I love it. Yeah. You know, I, just, I, I, love, I don't have time. And you'll reach a stage where that, all oh, that yeah. will be outsourced, yeah. and you don't have to worry that, and you can focus on just the sales. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, that time's coming, so. That's the thing, like, no, knowing that's down the road, like I don't want to skip this process. Yeah. I, I like I embrace where we're at right now. That's why I have no problem. Some pe- some some people are like, oh, I don't want to take a picture. I don't want to show what I'm doing because I'm embarrassed because they think it's way bigger. I'm like, hey, dude, we're we're big. Yeah, you order a bottle, we we'll get you a bottle. <laughs> but yeah, we're not that that big at the moment. But we're gonna get there. Like I said, all these international people. Now that we finally have our manufacturer lined up, ready for this flu season. So why I've been taking all these road trips, going to all these different stores is is simply the number count, saying, hey, we're in this number of stores. Because right. a lot of these big time companies, they look for who else is carrying your sure. product. They don't want to take the risk. Right. And that's where, get, like I said, getting into one store. I remember after Sunflower, went over to Ocala. I'm like, hey, hey, we're, we're in Sunflower. Hey, you know Sunflower? Yeah, we're, we're there. Oh. oh, okay. It just, it's, it just it's helps. easier. They don't want to take the that risk. Push. Exactly. Especially like, well-known name, like our biggest account right now is an eight-store chain in Atlanta called Good Nutrition. And and the only way I was able to get into that store is, man, it was tough. I remember trying to schedule a meeting with, they have like three owners of it. Trying to schedule a meeting with the owner, couldn't, couldn't. I was in Atlanta for about five days. This was the previous trip. This trip I went to go visit all of them, see how they were doing, which they're doing great. So I remember going in, couldn't schedule a meeting. Then I went into one of the stores, talked to the manager, the store manager, and just like, I tried to email, I just couldn't get into communication. This was before I went on the trip, I tried to com- communicate, couldn't communicate with them. It's like, they, these people are 
so high up, they're like, oh, who are you? You know, you're not worth our time. So I had the bright idea. I said, let me go into every individual, there's eight stores. Let me go into each store individually, talk to the store manager of each location. So I went in there, gave them the pitch, got the name of that store owner or the manager, and then basically got them to say, hey, we, we want the product. So then a couple of days after, I remember sending an email to the same, same guy that wouldn't respond to anything and said, hey, I went into this store, this location, talked to this manager, this is what they said. This store, this location, this manager, this, quoting what they said, like his managers saying they want the product. A Couple of days later, okay, hey, yeah. <laughs> and then we got into the biggest chain. That's what you gotta do, baby, that's the hustle. So, cool man, well, we need to wrap up, but uh, forever, for all of our listeners, all of our viewers, everybody's, you know, where can they find Fluby Gone? Where can they go buy it right now? Um, Angela, tell us where everybody can Locally find you Locally here, Sunflower okay. and Ward Supermarket and online, flubegone.com, F-L-U-B-G-O-N-E.com. Also the perfect gift in Hell Plantation. Perfect gift. Yeah, they got to. And very soon we'll be at the Hell Plantation Farmer's Market every Saturday. Awesome. So, so you guys, go pick up a bottle and um, stay healthy. <laughs> so um, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> See you later. See you.